and welcome to another edition of the Marvel Cinematic University. Don't laugh while I while I host, um, because let's be honest, we are obviously the authority on all things MCU at this point, so oh it's great to be back. <laughs> hey, you guys give me hosting duties, that's what's going to happen. Um, Marvel's about to kick things into high gear. You know, we had Captain Marvel come out, we have Endgame in just a month, Spider-Man Far From Home, it's all coming out in the next few months. So first, what we're all here for is we have to start talking Captain Marvel. On the panel with us today and giggling in the background while we give me hosting duties. Whatever, you guys, I'm taking notes. Um, we got the movie buff and sorted history extraordinaire. If you want a movie fact, just forget Google and ask him, Jake Christie. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for that intro. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for letting me. Uh, then we got the poet with the heart of gold, the man who's actually read all of these damn comics because we know that we haven't, Anthony Canton the third or turd, depends on how you want to call him. <laughs> Anthony, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I can only say thank you for that intro. Amazing. <laughs> uh, and then we got the secretly savage Canadian with a video talent you have to see to believe, Jerome Chang. Jerome, how you doing? You're doing so great. I'm so proud of you. Oh, my God. I hate you guys <laughs> so much. You're treating me like I'm five. And then we got the legend herself with a voice so smooth you could curl across it, who's currently on the treadmill listening in, so she'll join us in just a moment. Karima Shah. Karima Shah, how are you doing? Hi, oh, I'm Karima. Just kidding. She can't talk right now, but she'll join us in a minute. Okay. So... <laughs> Um, so before, so now that we you know we've got everyone, before we get into first thoughts, because that's usually how we start, I want to kick it off the way that um, Marvel actually kicked it off. If you already saw Captain Marvel, you notice that they put all of Stanley cameos and a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff in the actual logo to kick off. So I want to start us off with what you guys thought about Stanley cameo this time around. Uh, let's start with Jerome. What'd you think? Um, so at first I was a little thrown because like it's a CGI like. CGI cameo, right? Like that. Gets no, I thought he or, did this or is that really him? Like, did he shoot that? Was that was really him because they filmed it before. Yeah, this one and I think one more coming up. He actually oh. filmed. Okay, and well then, that, then uh, far from home. Oh, then yeah. I take that back. But either way, I thought it was a really sweet moment, and I think even though it's been a few months now uh, s since he passed away, like I think you still always like feel the effect when they do it, either as the tribute at the top. Or uh, the moment there, I really like the uh, Mallrats uh, shout out to kind of like add more to the whole 90s feel of the film because that would have been about the time that he would be reading the script for his cameo that he has in uh, Mallrats, which in this case then makes it really like not a cameo as Stanley yeah. a specific it, character, it bends, but it's Stanley. It bends like time and space though, because in Mallrats yeah. they reference Marvel comics anyway. But I like I right, like it because right, that, right. that means that in his cameo <laughs> he is not he's Stanley in that cameo anyway. He's Stanley in that cameo, which is really nice, and um, and I think it's just like a really sweet moment, especially uh, when you have like Brie Larson kind of giving like the smile back. Um, yeah, it was touching. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I love that smile. Jake, since you already kind of started, what did you think about the cameo? Um, I don't have anything to add more about the cameo, but I will say it was a very nice moment in my theater that uh, after the intro, um, when they had the thing that said, thank you, Stan, uh, the entire audience applauded. I don't know if that happened to any other yep, theaters, we had that too. but it was very nice. Um, and uh, I was with a friend who... Uh, is not is is tends to be cynical about things like that, and even he was like, okay, yeah, let's uh, let's clap, and it was very nice, and uh, I don't know, I was very happy to see that they did that, um, because he deserved it. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my theater had like five people, so we didn't have that, but you know, I clapped in my heart. Um, Anthony, what'd you think, or how was your experience with the cameo? 
Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a nice hallback because I love when you hear that music at the beginning. It really just gets you pumped that it's an MCU movie, mm-hmm. and to see that they did that, the whole theater clapped. It was very, it was just very overall well done, and I think it just fit into the whole whole theme that he is just really the reason that all of this exists. So I think it was a, it was a it was a cool homage to him, and I really enjoyed it. Totally agree. I also loved. Um, I think Jerome, you brought it up the fact that she kind of smiled at him. And, like, the fact that it was finally Stan Lee playing Stan Lee, because we've seen him in some lame cameos I think the before, closest right? thing to that was his post credit scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, yes. where he plays a character that is kind of like a very meta version of someone who is the watcher of it, but that essentially is, like, a Stan Lee type that if you were creating that character in the universe. But, um, no. Well, what like about said, the first um, after Battle of New York? I think to me that was the closest. Sorry, I said yes because I thought that's what you were going to say, right. and you went in a direction I Wait, totally didn't mean, agree uh, with. You but... mean uh, aliens in New York? Please, yeah. yeah. Like that was super like old man, and it was you know it's a pretty iconic moment for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not iconic, but it's like right. it's a great moment. So I think this was nice, especially because she was trying to find the um, old woman. Mm-hmm. So it just like felt like it didn't. It wasn't like out of place, which I know that we've all had those issues with Stanley cameos mm-hmm. before. Right. Um, so now that we, you know, gave homage to the creator of everything, if you want to call him that, let's go into first thoughts. Um, Jake, what was your initial thoughts when you watched this movie? Um, I really, really liked it. I think that um, it definitely started off a little slow, uh, but by the end of it, like the third act of the movie, it was probably like I, I could I say that the last third of the movie you could put up against any other MCU movie. Like, it really, once it got kicked in that, once, once you learned that the scrolls weren't the bad guys, from then on it was, like, unbelievable. Um, and I think that the number, that. One, the number one thing I was looking for, and I talked about this in our preview, or, like, when we first saw trailers and stuff, is that they keep talking about Captain Marvel's gonna be the leader of the Avengers moving forward. And that's obviously a big mantle to take up, given that it used to be held by Iron Man, played by Robert Downey Jr. And I think that what I was looking for is just that, and what I got is that Brie Larson really is effortlessly charming as Captain Marvel. Like, it's just magnetic in a way that, like, even someone like Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner or Chris Evans as Captain America, really good performances, but they they don't have the charisma to lead the series, you know what I mean? And, like, I really thought felt like I saw that it factor, which I'm, like, so I feel like it's in really good hands now. Yeah, and she does have that, like, sarcastic but still, down, like, real Lovable with you too. type of thing that Robert Downey Jr. used to lead, so mm-hmm. I feel that. Um, Anthony, what were your first thoughts? Well, I think the the one thing that I wanted to see in this movie was definitely, and I think the writers did a good job, is they needed to write this character to be dominant. And she was throughout the movie. There was a there was an air of confidence bordering on arrogance that I really enjoyed throughout the the film that Brie Brie Larson portrayed so exquisitely. I really enjoyed that, and of course her powers. Once we see everything kind of uh, formulate, that was the main thing to see her be dominant. Now, as far as the movie itself, I think it took like fifteen to twenty minutes to really find its place and find its gear. Mm-hmm. It took a little bit to get there, and once it did, it was a very very good film. Um, that I enjoyed, and there's a lot of good characters in this film that I'm sure we'll get into. Oh, for sure. Um, Jerome, any other thoughts on that when you first watched the movie? Um, I really like how you you just think, like, with a movie like this, and especially with all the buzz around it, you figured a lot of it was the idea of proving that she would be 
the uh, like the next to take the mantle. But what I really appreciated about the film was it wasn't at all about proving herself. So like that that final scene where she has with a uh, Jude Law's character, where he tries to say like he's so proud of her for making it and doing all that. But from the beginning, she was always the most powerful person in this universe, and it was just a matter of other people accepting that fact. It was yeah, not the about... man was holding her down. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I liked about this was that there wasn't this whole idea that she was like this out-of-place person that needed to show that she like could run with everyone, but she was just the case and everyone else had to like deal with it. Um, and I like that that was the approach of the film because my fear was that it was going to be more of like because of given everything there like that she'd have to like prove her place but no her place was already there you just had to be okay with the fact that she had that place and um outside of that i also kind of like that she didn't have a love interest in it i don't like i think when i was looking Preach. in this film um looking into this film i was like the immediate comparison for me was wonder woman which is in my opinion one of the best uh, dc like in the dc extended universe and um like i think it did a better job of like doing that where you know as much as I enjoy Chris Pine's character like those were all elements in there that almost you felt like they needed to have and this mm-hmm. one was just no it's more about her being a fucking badass and I love it yeah yeah I, I mean I can't comparison yeah and I mean I thought Wonder Woman is mid but whatever I also <laughs> think uh, in general like, you're to right. DC. I think seeing it yeah shouts to DC dumpster fire um, <laughs> so like obviously watching it you know I hate to I don't want to like be like, oh, I watched it with the lens of, a, but like it's true. Like you watch it as like the lens of a woman, and like there were little jokes put here and there that I'm sure that guys that are like fully aware of society, that's a dumb thing to say, but guys that are fully aware of things that happen to women kind of like probably picked up on it too. Even to the point where uh, she's just looking at the newspaper, the motorcycle guy who she steals uh, his motorcycle, and he goes like, why can't you smile for me or whatever? It's like little things like that mm-hmm. that like I like that they put in those jokes and then didn't. You're right, like, didn't lean into the trope of a female hero and giving her a love interest. Like, she didn't need one. Or yeah. even when uh, Jude Law was like, yeah, you got to prove yourself. Like, fight me now. And, like, honestly, I could see any other hero would have been like, okay, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to beat him up. She's like, no, fuck that. She's like, photon blast. She's like, out of my- she's like, get on my face. I-, I love that. That was such a, like, badass <laughs> moment of, like, I'm not giving you my e- energy. So bless her for that. Um, and you guys kind of alluded to this. I want to go into this next is how do you feel they fit Captain Marvel into the universe timeline? I know that that was something that beyond like proving that she needed to be powerful because we all expect her to come into end game. And we're going to talk about that in a second as well. But in general, like, you know, she's coming in 10 years after the fact um, we've or 11 years now, almost that we've already like come to love all of these characters and we've kind of come to think that they were going to save us these are like the guys that we care about like we want them to defeat thanos together and a lot of people felt like okay now it's this woman coming in doesn't have to be a woman anybody it could be a man for all i care coming in and like saving the day where they haven't earned that um and i'll let you guys get to it but personally and i talked about this online today is i think that they did a really good job fitting her into the timeline by make by tying her into so many things that we already trust have already Mm -hmm. come to um you know have already come to know like the Tesseract, Fury's Eye, um, Fury in general, um, Fury and Coulson's relationship. You know, he mentioned mm-hmm. that he was new. So they really tied her into so many things that we care about. And then at the very end, tying her into the fact that like without her, it wouldn't even be called the Avengers Initiative just like really hit me. And I was like, yeah, like she's the reason that everything exists. So she's she's earned her right to be there. 
Um, how do you guys feel about her role within the timeline? Jerome, I'm going to start with you because you kind of brought it up that she's been it all along. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, you basically hit all those points. Like how she fits into the greater timeline of like why they are where they are is such a big thing. And I also think um, in the way of how her presence like opens up like this larger universe. Now, when we were going through it, like as viewers of this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, everything happens, Avengers even happens, and that's where you get a hint of um, this space element because it's invaders from uh, outside of. Uh, but I feel like it doesn't really hit, like they really start like diving into this extended, like outside in spacing to like maybe like Guardians for me. And to me though, like this is something that kind of explains or sets up in a way that like, yeah, um, Fury is always kind of like a step ahead because he had met her first, like ahead of all these other things that are coming. And um, in a lot of ways, uh, it makes sense when you see all these movies that proceed for behind it is everyone needed to catch up to this point. She had, again, already been there. Um, and it's kind of cool to see like how that fits in. And again, to your point of just in terms of how it affects the Avengers and how it affects everyone, it's so... Yeah, it, it, it just works really well. Um, and I don't know, I don't really have much to add. I think you nailed all of it. It's, it's actually funny that you brought it up that <laughs> Fury just didn't, um, Fury didn't even know, right? right? And we're like, we've never seen that side of Fury when he was like not believing the space alien invasion. It's like, right, yeah. Fury, but yeah, I thought you already cool. knew that shit. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Anthony, what was your take on how they fit her onto the overall timeline? Oh, I think, I think it's perfect in a way. And I also think they they gave away a little bit of a spoiler and that this is at least to me i i could be wrong on this but i'm very confident now with the fact that they portrayed her as powerful as she's going to be um when it comes to endgame i do believe that it won't just be the avengers fighting thanos it'll probably be the avengers and thanos teaming up to fight with somebody fight against somebody else towards the towards the end because I think if you think about the combined power of Captain Marvel and every single single Avenger that they currently have at their disposal and whatever new character comes along, and then once they get everybody back, that's one thing. They're messing with a lot of time travel, allegedly, what what it seems to, to be what Endgame is about. So I think there are some beings in the, the Marvel Universe that you kind of know from the comics, like the Celestials, perhaps, um, a villain that maybe they'll they'll throw in there a little bit of a surprise kang the conqueror i'm thinking of uh, a nihilus is another one a lot of these villains that i kind of have to do with with uh time and space that we might see because of the stuff that happened with the infinity stones at the infinity do you think Gauntlet. that they would introduce so, that though in endgame i feel like there's not enough time like I f honestly i feel kind of cheated like blowing your load of like Ooh. just yeah, too i feel, much. Why, I feel, kinda feel cheated. like kind of smart though well, oh, like, only 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 reason well, before I think before it you continue, the expectation. Well, I think this is this is a thing, and I, and then part of it is the marketing of the trailer so far. The trailers so far have shown you absolutely nothing. Yeah, no. And I think this next trailer is not going to show you anything either. And they even uh, Kevin Feige um, alluded to as such. He said that these trailers will probably show you, if anything at all, the first fifteen to thirty minutes of a three-hour movie. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think in order to um, not only 
tell this complete story and end this um, original story, which is what they're calling it, the end of this original story, they have to set up what Phase 4 is supposed to be. So in order to do that, you need to kind of establish uh, not sure. only new characters, but new major villains. I guess what right? I would say is that, that happening. I can imagine them introducing them, but I think that to have them... Like, I don't know how you get to because if you're going to have them be like the ultimate enemy at the end of endgame you probably need to introduce them like halfway through so i can't imagine mm-hmm. that they get everyone back and then team up with thanos in the first hour and a half like that's the thing i'm imagining i'm trying no. to imagine how they get to that so i can see them There's also like if that was the plan like how could that villain re- really be that impactful if it only has like a life span of maybe like half a film because maybe they don't or like it's unresolved right? at the end of it. Up, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's unresolved. They defeat him at the end of Thanos, but now they need something to like you know regroup and figure sure. out how to defeat them by the end of like Phase Five. I love that idea. Also, like what AC said, if you're gonna, you can't. Or actually, on top of what everyone said, you can't defeat Thanos and then introduce a new villain. That's like okay, now we're done with this one. On to the next. No, because mm. Thanos was supposed to be ultimate. Mm-hmm. But if like a new villain, even maybe at the very beginning of the movie is introduced as like being even bigger than all of them. And they realize they have to team up with Thanos. Then all of a sudden it's not about beating Thanos. It's about like this other big thing. And Endgame isn't about Thanos at all, which we all think it's going to be. Also, also I would like to just add that it's a weakened Thanos. It's not the same Thanos at the peak of his powers. Remember Thor attacked him at the end and the gauntlet as um, the Russo brothers alluded to the gauntlet damaged him. And you can so see a little bit in the trailer that he's uh-huh. not at a, he's not a hundred percent. So he's yeah, not. I, a, I actually think that I think that most of Endgame actually is going to be about reversing the snap. I actually I don't know. I actually really would. I actually fully disagree. I don't think that they're going to introduce a new enemy until like a post credit scene because I I just think that even though yes that'd be super interesting, just the logistics mm-hmm. of doing that like they I, I don't know I like little things like. They they would have if if there's gonna be a whole new enemy they would have to cast someone to play them and they'd have to shoot them for like four months and like just the logistics of hiding that into the existence of an yep. entire enemy is so like I couldn't imagine them doing it if they pull it off that'd that be awesome. sounds real to me I, that I, sounds, I believe we know I believe we know absolutely off, nothing that's gonna happen in this film sure, and I, I, what I would say is the, though the like, reason that they've alluded to that is there's gonna be something ridiculous that we're not expecting and that's, that's fair. I mean, I could be wrong. Don't get me wrong. I could be wrong. But, you know, we shall see. I don't know. You weren't wrong about the cat. None of you guys were wrong about the cat. Yeah. I thought you Stop guys were being idiots. Yes. <laughs> I high-key was like, there's no way this cat's going to matter. It's mm-hmm. a freaking flurkin. That was so dope. Um, okay, so, Jake, how did you feel they fit her into the timeline? I like that they gave, like, little characters that we had seen before to, like, help us to ground us, uh, when, especially when we had the Kree bits, because those were like, so they had Korath, uh, the character from Guardians of the Galaxy, and then Ronan the Accuser. I felt like that really put us in a place and time that we were familiar with. That it, it, it made us feel like, even though we... Because it, obviously it's a big deal for a Marvel movie to start on a different planet, because even Guardians of the Galaxy starts on Earth. Um, sort of throw us right in there. We have, like, touchstones we know, kind of, vaguely remember who we're dealing with. I think that was really good. And then to have, obviously, Fury and Coulson, I think, like, just just to... Because when you're introducing a whole new character, when you already have so much history, and it's beforehand, like, you don't want to 
create a whole new world. You want to put them... Like, they, they made a very conscious decision to integrate Captain Marvel in a bunch of different ways. Um, not, like, as, like, on the nose as, like, the Star Wars prequels where, like, every fucking character knew each other beforehand. But, like... They they, you will they be named Han Solo. Yeah, they added yeah. they added little things. <laughs> Yo, Jerome. That's Sorry. so stupid, Jerome. But they added little things <laughs> to like hold our hand. Not hold our hand, but like uh make it make sense. Make us feel okay about it. Yeah, yeah. and then make and, and then yeah. and then make us buy it that when people are disappearing, Nick Fury's like, I have to call this person. I trust them this much, even though I haven't seen them in twenty years. That had to be established mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah, I mean, they even told us where Fury's eye, like, why Fury's eye is like that. Like, everything that we've ever been like, oh my god, I wonder how? Or, like, why is it called the Avengers initiative? Like, all of that in that yeah. movie. So, I love that. Um, so, actually, we're going to get into this. So, for the next part, though, we are going to assume that she is coming in to help them defeat Thanos or reverse the snap or reverse whatever happened in Infinity War in one way or another. Do you feel like they set her up as being powerful enough to do so? Um, Anthony, I'm going to start with you. Yes, I I think they they did. I think she's going to be obviously a, a contributing factor. There's going to be a lot of contributing factors to this. I think she's going to be one of the main ones for sure. But I do feel like, and I always joke about this with you, Nitsan, um, is that somebody like small and insignificant like Hawkeye will like deliver. A, Fuck a no, dude. So you, can't, you can't segue from like, we're talking about a woman that literally absorbed the energy of the space stone and then lived as a Cree for six years. And then you're like, but Hawkeye, man. Fuck out of here. We're not talking about that shit. He doesn't That's miss like any something. target nits. You have to understand that. There you go. Thank you, Jerome. Dude, He's accurate does, uh, 100% watch, of the time. If you guys Appreciate watch you, um, Umbrella Academy, Always neither does there. Diego. <laughs> I, Diego and Hawkeye are literally on the same level to me. They're like meaningless. Oh, you drop Diego. What? Diego, Diego kind of sucks as a character. Wow. I really just don't like these people. Okay. So um, <laughs> that's fine. Okay. So you feel like she's powerful enough. Jake, what are your takes? Where's Jake? I was muted. Jake, sorry. I, was muted. Uh, I think that she is uh, powerful enough. Um, yeah. I, I, I like how we established how powerful she was. Um, yeah, I, I just fully believe it, because uh, I think that was a big thing, that obviously we don't want Captain Marvel just to come in and sweep everything um, away, like, to be super, ultra, uber-powerful, but she's powerful enough where we believe that she's going to make a difference, and I think that that's what we need. Totally. Um, Karima, since I see you joined, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Hey. My internet is active. A fool right now, so I'm on a hot spot. I'm, it's crazy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, no, at least, at least you figured it out. But um, okay, so you got so the right internet connection from Captain Marvel, is what you're saying. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my question to you, and what we're kind of talking about right now, is: Do you feel like this movie did a good job of setting setting up Captain Marvel as powerful enough to come in and be a contributor in Endgame? Oh, most definitely. I mean, because I don't even like know the story and all that. I'm not this uh, comic book head. So I couldn't even tell you like, what was missing or what they changed. So I think it set set it up perfectly, because I think she's going to be just as powerful um, a contributor to the Avengers like they need her. So. Yeah, I love it. And then I think Jerome, you're the only one whose takes we didn't get. So, <laughs> do you think that they set her up as being powerful enough? 
Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it already was set up from the post credit scene uh, in Infinity War, where she's the trump card, right? Like, all of this right. has happened, and she's now finally being called upon because, like, shit is actually real. Um, so it was already there, and it's further established through this uh, film. And it's also exciting because she really only discovers, or not even discovers, she only gets to play with the full weight, and it might even be more at this point, of her power in the last third of the film, if yeah. not, like, even less. So you're talking about someone who now has, like, gone off and, like, mm -hmm. taken care of everything that she's probably wanted to take care of with regard to the Kree and all that, and now is going to come back probably, like, more experienced and perhaps even more powerful. Um, I'm really excited uh, just because the way, like, they keep on talking about, like, how Kevin Feige says that she's supposed to be, like, the next person to run all of this, um, that she's not going to be, like, Tony Stark and that Tony Stark is there to kind of basically uh, outplan everyone and just have all the knowledge and technology to just be a step ahead. Like, I don't know that Captain Marvel even needs to be a step ahead because she's already powers ahead. So um, it's going to just be, be cool to see how, like, she approaches it. I feel like... Um, in her way, it's going to be something to the effect of when in Avengers, Loki does his whole, like, I'm a god, you must treat me that way, and then, like, Hulk smashes Loki all around the place and says, puny god. Like, I feel like that's the kind of, like, flex that I want to see from Captain Marvel when Endgame comes. I was going to say, I feel like we didn't see... I personally disagree with all of you guys, no offense. I didn't <laughs> feel like she flexed enough. I really don't, especially because, like, you, you said it yourself. She did it in the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie. We really got to see, like, an ounce of her power. And even though, mm -hmm. you know, she's absorbed the power of the space stone, that's cool. To me, it's like that's one stone, right? And we're going into this assuming that we're going to need to, like, to fight. All Is it the space stone that she has like, there? Like, yeah, she has I just want to clarify that. Yeah, she absorbed yeah, yeah. the Tesseract. Okh, okay. Oh, is yeah. that? Okay. Hashtag space stone, because a Tesseract is just, like, the right. cute little cube that it's in, you know? But, um... Yeah, so I feel like it's. I feel like she will. She's easily like now the most powerful out of all of them. She holds entire, you know, power of like the space stone just in her like freaking fingertips. Uh, but I yeah. don't know if that sets her up as being powerful enough because I don't even know what we're going against in Endgame. So I just I don't know yet. I feel like we haven't really seen her power to full. But I like what you said in terms of like it's what she was at the end plus twenty years. Right. Right. So, like, that, that, that's her why. War. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I feel like when she gets to uh, the Avengers, like she's gonna be like top, top notch. Because I even felt a little Iron Man in her when I was watching it. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Yo, she's she's bad," you, you know, like <laughs> you, so you know. I, I well, because I felt like. Oh, this she's going to build into something just so crazy that that's why I feel like when she gets there, who look out. I mean, I that's just, that. just she seems what like I that basketball saw. player right now who's like super uber talented, and then you just keep on like saying something like, like if Giannis figures out how to shoot a ball, right? <laughs> like, oh boy, we're like we're all fucked. And I feel like she's like Giannis before the jump shot. Like she's already like this dominant, and I what feel like it's just an analogy. A matter yeah, that of time is a great analogy. To add that I'm in. also really mad that you guys didn't enjoy my Thanos weekend as mellow now analogy. I, I, I laughed. I laughed. Very disrespectful. I was unmuted at the like time. Listen, back, Nitz, I laughed. 
add add a ding for that one and just like add me to the count with dings <laughs> counter for it. That's not this podcast. Like, this is not the daily <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> Whatever. It's all, the, it's all the same shit. Look, it's all the uh, same. So Karima, you mentioned her yeah. being a badass. I want to know what your favorite scene of the movie was. Um, I can't remember the line exactly, but I just like how what she said to Jude Law's character that I don't need you to validate me. Like I have nothing to prove to you. Like who are oh, you? Such dude? a great moment when that, she like that, blasted with the food, the food, right. with the photon, the photon blaster, the photon blast, the pull out house blast, man. Yeah. That's like right. some shit you pull out in your twenties. I feel that. But uh, <laughs> okay, where Jake? What was your favorite scene in line from? The uh, movie? My favorite scene was uh, the "I'm Just a Girl" fight bit where they were playing that No Doubt song and she was just beating the shit out of all the crew. Oh yeah, because yeah. I just love <laughs> I love because I I like action movies a lot and the thing but the thing I don't like in when action movies and sometimes Marvel does this is I don't like watching an action movie where like the hero is like on one leg and like having to like put all their effort into beating people up <laughs> i want it to be like john wick where it's as easy as possible and i just like loved it. Like it was the, so fun the physicality of it yeah and it was like so well choreographed like it was actually was like shocking mm-hmm. um and then my favorite line was i don't remember the exact line but you might think i'm gonna go with one of the funny lines there's a lot of funny lines in this movie but i loved mm-hmm. when talos was uh, oh, disguised as the Cree, and he says oh, no, to no, no, no. Nick Fury, "Let's do it like the Havana job, like as a callback." <laughs> I fucking love that. That was such yeah. a Wink. like that was a be- no, but like that was a funny thing. But it was also like a beautiful character moment of how far they've come. Uh, man, good shit. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That was dope. I mean, yeah, that was such a good, like, Fury just being like, no, everybody calls me Fury moment, dude. I love him mm-hmm. for that. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, Jerome, what was your favorite line in scene? Um, I would, okay, so for line uh, in the kind of sillier way, too, I just love when Talis goes, you're supposed to be the scientist. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you're my scientist? You're my scientist. Yeah. Like, I genuinely laughed at that moment. It was uh, yeah. it was really good. Um, I, I like just, like, in that thing about how they subvert the expectation that, like, the Skrulls were going to be the threat, and they're kind of like this bumbling group of people who, are, like, don't really have it right. <laughs> Um, like, that was, was like, interesting. That yeah, was they really did really good with that. They also all gave them, they gave them like speech impediments. If you notice, they'd give them yeah. like a lisp or the like right. a weird mm-hmm. accent to make them seem mm-hmm. like funnier or not threatening. Right. It was fire. Um, in terms of scenes, uh, I really love the just uh, just a girl scene. Um, adding like just about how I mentioned, I love the physicality. It reminded me of um, when they finally figured out that Captain, like I know Captain. America's not your favorite, but when they figured out by Winter Soldier that Captain America is actually strong, so when he would, like, kick someone, they would fly. Like, I love yeah. how all the people were flying like pinballs. Like, just mm-hmm. just knocked all over the place. Uh, like, you needed to see that it wasn't just, like, she'd punch them and they go down. Like, they literally flew off into the distance. So, um, but uh, one scene that was, like, more of a low-key scene that I enjoyed was when she was driving along with Nick Fury. I just mm-hmm. thought it was just such a great character moment for both of them because um, in this one, you really see Nick as this kind of wide-eyed, optimistic agent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
wide-eyed because he has two of them. Um, but, oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, it's easy to see when you have proper, like, that's perception. So, um, <laughs> right. But, uh, Yikes. <laughs> uh, but no, it was just, just such a good scene because that was the moment where you saw for both of them, they related on a level of just, like, what they represented within their, like, organization or establishment that they knew that um, as they break off from here, like, they were going to be the rogue uh, people in their group, the one who thought outside right. of the box, the one who thought for themselves and had the right instincts for things. And um, and just, like, it was just such a good moment. Like, the chemistry between the two of them throughout the whole film was, like, great, but I think that was one of the places where it was highlighted mm-hmm. best. Yeah, I feel that. Anthony, what's your favorite line and scene? Oh, well, I mean, particularly when it comes to scene, definitely when she went all Super Saiyan. That that really was that really was it, it for me when she was she was whooping everybody's ass and you see the you see the peak of her powers and she's destroying ships and doing all this other stuff. Oh, the and Mohawk is so dope. Oh yes, yes, it, yes, yes, that was pretty pretty awesome, man. Like I really just I love I love that part and of course you also get the interplay with uh with your with your, with, your, with your your favorite cat Goose Goose out here with the with oh, all the. Man. The flirking stuff. He's just flirking around and and whatnot. Um, that was <laughs> that was so cool too. And then of course, like after all of that is over, and and she's talking to Yanrog, and and Yanrog goes to her. I can't go back empty-handed. And then she just goes, "You won't be empty-handed. I'm sending you <laughs> with a message. Tell the supreme intelligence that I'm coming to end it. The war, the lies, all of it. And just send him packing on his way. And that again shows." How how self assured she is, how confident she is, and it also kind of set up what I think the sequel to this movie is going to be because it seems like Kevin Feige did also discuss this too. This is a good chance that they will explore uh, when she goes back um, mm-hmm. to, to the Cree and uh, what happens in in the next film may have a lot of that story in between the time of um, when she goes back and leading into the present day MCU. There's got to be so much of her impact in that situation that, like, creates um, Ronan the way we know him by the time of Guardians of the Galaxy, though, right? Yeah. Ronan also yeah. is, keep I in mind... I feel like the Kree-Skrull war, like, she's driving all of that. Keep now. in mind, though, right. that Ronan is a part of a, a splinter sect, so he, even in Guardians of the Galaxy, doesn't represent the mainstream Kree views. Not that I, I've been saying that, like, right. it's... Yeah. But, like, they're, right. they're but he was kind of already out of the right here, anyway. I know. I, I think that what I actually got out of it is I would say that the events of Captain Marvel probably put him down the road of breaking off from Kree leadership because they, you know, because right. they weren't, they didn't succeed at destroying the scrolls. So yeah, I definitely saw the the um, the seeds of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, Absolutely. she's literally tied into everything that we've come to right. know and love. Um, and my favorite scene's already been mentioned, Karima. You said it when she was like, come on, prove it to me at the very end. Right. She just blasts him. She's like, shut up, man. Yeah. That was such yeah. a good moment. We've <laughs> talked about it. But it was such a like, all, you see all these superheroes and they have their egos and they want to like, okay, I'm going to beat you right. But it's like, nah, she's like, okay, I got to move on. Like, I got things to do. So I, was, right. you know, I love the to the pointness of her. Like, I yes. just love that yeah. she's not wheel willing to like because like even a tony stark will try to talk himself through that like you're gonna have to have like at least two to three minutes of banter before he blasts you with something for for her it's like just like fuck out of here which is even like the parts where uh they're sitting at the bar Mm -hmm. and he goes like and she's like how do i know that you're not a squirrel she just blasts something she's like yeah she's like i'm not gonna like waste my breath on you (laughs) and then like you see shit um so i think since all that's been said oh wait can i actually add one small moment that i liked like not a like big 
No. So, <laughs> just say it. Just say it. Just say it. <laughs> so when she first lands uh, in the blockbuster, I really enjoy. Joy, oh, yeah. how she blasts off the head of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the cutout of the True <laughs> yes, yes, as kind of yes. like a subverting because she does basically her Terminator entrance, right? Yeah, and that was yep. like her blasting that away at that moment. So I just really like that kind of like wink, wink um, into the time and also saying like it's a new person in town. So they did yeah. such a good job of setting up the '90s, but then I realized that so many of yeah. these kids that are watching it don't know what Blockbuster is. So I was like, <laughs> oh shit! Like you, ni- you kids literally don't understand that the Blockbuster were our '90s. But right. um, I was gonna and say I was my like, favorite scene. You, you know what our Blockbusters it. is? But okay. <laughs> 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 like, you, know, they were out, you know that they were out like pulling their phones later, googling what the hell a Blockbuster was, and it's like, right. man, there's Next, one that still. Next, you were but, six um, years old when the 90s ended. And Whoa. I was just no, like... No, I wasn't. Or were you seven? Oh, or? was I? I was seven. Look, was seven. she's seven. like... But Blockbuster oh, didn't... Arby. I had a Blockbuster. No, I know. I mean, Blockbuster, Blockbuster didn't Blockbuster. go away until like 2009. I think I just got rid oh, of my car. Jake, you younger yeah. than I am. Yeah, anyway. I know. So, <laughs> I know. Um, my two favorite hipsters. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned like the dynamic between Fury and Captain Marvel. There was mm-hmm. a really funny part in there that, again, like from the lens of a woman, which I hate saying, but it was so funny that they had all these like little wink winks to us, was mm-hmm. when he like pulled out the tape and got the fingerprint and put it on the thing to like get them out. And then <laughs> later they're tra- he's trying to do it again. He's like, let me just unravel this. She just blasts it. And yeah. he was like, what? So you saw me all like playing with tape and you could have just yep. done that. And she's like, yeah, well, I didn't want to like, you know, get in your way. Like I love that. your thunder. Run around doing whatever. Yeah, Yeah. and then obviously, like, segue to the next one for a favorite non-hero character. Literally every moment with Fury and uh, and Goose was so (laughs) funny because like we've never seen like the humor side of Fury. We've kind of just come to accept him as this dude. Yeah, and like now we know that he likes his sandwiches cut diagonally, and also like he will (laughs) spend the entire movie with a cat, which was just hilarious. So that's my favorite non-hero character based off of that. Um, Jerome, who was yours? Um, yeah, definitely uh, Fury would have topped it for me in terms of other characters uh, in it. Let me, um, I mean, can um, you I, have, me? I have someone other than Fury. Okay, um, Jake. Let oh, wait, I, Talos. I, Talos, I love Talos <laughs> so much. Yeah. I think, Talos, I guess, definitely. I think that Nick Fury probably is like a character I like more, but in terms of like a performance, the way that yes. that Ben Mendelsohn, the actor who plays Talos, he actually plays him both as the guy with the glasses and in the as, green makeup. Right. The way that yeah. he can, he is so sinister at the beginning, and then is so uh-huh. both funny but also sympathetic at the end. Like that, the the arc of that 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 feels natural is so great, and he delivers the comedic line so perfectly in like his Australian accent. Yes. And I just mm-hmm. loved every scene he was in. Like he just really was one of the most. Uh, yeah. Like, for a character that he's not clearly a villain, he's not clearly, he's not even like a sidekick. And I think mm-hmm. just, the character felt so multidimensional that, yes. uh, and that's something that you, I think a lot of times you don't get in even Marvel movies. You might get two multidimensional characters. The hero and the villain might be multidimensional, but to have a hero, villain, a sidekick, and then another character be multidimensional, I thought that was a really, really nice character and so funny. Like, the bit about where, uh, where uh, is she going to stick her foot up? And then they're all like, your ass. Like, that was so great. <laughs> oh, my God. That was yeah. so good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it, some of the best alien comedy I've come across in a while. <laughs> just, just aliens figuring out what's going on. It's just, it was really good. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, basically Jake covered it. Like, 
Talos would have been the other character I would have set in mind and for all the same reasons as Jake. Um, but I'm actually kind of curious since you mentioned Talos, like for the larger cons- uh, conversation about the Skrulls, I'm curious what AC feels about them because the Skrulls are meant to be like a big villain in yes. the Marvel Universe, but haven't really been set up as such, at least right now in that space. Uh, and, and and fortunately enough, I, I did a, did my research, did my reading. Kevin Feige did speak to that about this movie. Um, he said that you know at least there he wanted to show to to what uh, you guys were saying about this the scrolls earlier were multi dimensional characters and they wanted to show that these characters are just not they're, they're just not bad people they, they they can be good people but there are bad ones in there so he kind of left it as if there's going to be more to come I do feel honestly that. If you're going to have the Skrulls in the MCU, you're going to have to do Secret Invasion at some point. And I feel like that's still that's still going to happen at some point. Maybe not that quickly. Form? Because like right now, they really do seem like the sympathetic group that's yes. just trying to find a home. But at least... But that was way... 1995, though. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, but like, okay, so you see... That still being able to evolve, oh, like you're okay yeah, with absolutely. them. Absolutely, they yeah. can, they can, they have still have plenty of time. To I also think that it. would actually make it almost more compelling if we saw them first as a sympathetic group, and then like uh-huh. something happens that you know, like I think that that would be super interesting. Then that actually, would be so, really- yeah, while Carol was gone, yeah, AC, you're you're okay with like a traditional villain not necessarily being represented in a way that was like how it was like in the comic sense. No. Yeah, I'm fine with it at this point because I, I feel, no, because I feel like you tried um, so hard to get that yes out. Right. I, I, I feel like um, you know, I, listen, that that Iron Man three thing was a was a yes. specific <laughs> issue. That was a specific issue which they failed. They failed, 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 failed with a capital F, and I will continue to say that till my die. Day. Nonetheless, ben, ben Kingsley. They all feel like they did a great job in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm a wasted Ben Kingsley. Wasted that thespian. Anyway, on, sorry, on that. sorry. I'm, I'm digressing from the actual. Thing. Yeah, but yeah. nonetheless, uh, thank you, Jerome, for bringing back. <laughs> that point. Okay, so my... Anthony, since we're already there, who's your favorite non-superhero character? Um, I'm I'm in plenty of agreement uh, with you guys. I think. I think between uh, Samuel Jackson as Fury and Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, those two did a tremendous job um, overall. And just to echo it one more time, Goose the Cat slash Flurkin, legend. MVP. That's all I got to say. MVP. Yes. Karima, do you have any on top of any of those? Uh, I do. I would choose the daughter. Oh, I, oh yes. I, I loved her oh, energy shit. and how she, she was the one who kept her auntie alive that Mm -hmm. she was like no i'm not gonna get rid of any of this i have her jacket that i wear you know and she she was the one i think that tapped in to help her get her memory back so somebody in the future by the way right isn't she she like they alluded to it when they said i'm gonna build a spaceship one day or something yes Mm -hmm. she's uh at least that's where i think yeah what is she yeah what is doesn't she take over as captain marvel at one point uh, she actually, yeah, she actually does for a time in the in the in the comics as well. But uh, she is known as Photon in the in the in the comic Ooh, book. She, and Photon mm. she ends up getting the same, basically the same powers that Captain Marvel gets. Um, and uh, yeah, she is a part of the MCU in a grander form. And of course, twenty plus years pass by, so nice. I think you could see her oh, in the shit. future. That's nice. true. I keep forgetting this girl is like 
20. She's, you know, older than I am now. Um, okay, but so we're going to get into biggest critique. Um, oh, uh, you know. I'll throw in one other character since we talked about all the different forms of Marvel, um, the original yeah. Marvel. Annette Benning was pretty dope in this, like playing the like, yeah, sometimes dead, evil yeah. character, sometimes mm-hmm. playing like the actual, like what her character was um, as like the kind of mentor for um, Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah, it looks I'm, like she had it, fun with the role. Is she a man in the comics, AC? Uh, yes, Marvel is a man in the comics. Shout out to them making her. I just love when you, about it. I love that. The mm-hmm. thing I liked about Annette Bening being in it is just that it allowed me, uh, when I was sitting next to the person I went to the movie with, to tab me on the arms and I'm like, Annette Bening's in this? So, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like Glenn Close in Guardians of the Galaxy. There's which, always like, one of these Michelle Pfeiffer and It didn't and, need yeah. to be Annette Bening, but I'm really glad it was. And I bet she had a lot of fun, yes. so good for her. Yes. Like, who was the person who played Hella? Uh, Kate oh, Blanchett. Uh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt yeah. about it. I mean, well, yeah. Kate Blanchett, yeah. Hell was in it a lot more than uh, Marvel was. And Kate Blanchett is totally is is amazing. And <laughs> she in that movie yeah. is uh, great. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. Marvel never lets us down with the casting. I'm mm-hmm. saying it. Like, like they also, like. Then they, well, they did with well, Terrence Howard, but then they corrected it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you're like, right. They did it with Terrence Howard. I, I thought he was great, and then he just, you know, didn't. They also did it with contract. movies that we don't acknowledge in the series, but we won't have to touch that either. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, okay. We're not talking about the first Hulk. No, no, that's a that's a whole mess. We we never need to bring that up. But um, okay. So then, biggest critique, obviously not the casting for this movie. I love Brie Larson in it. Um, my biggest critique, again, was that I just don't feel like they set her up as being powerful enough, and I hope that I'm really wrong come Endgame, and that whatever they set her up as to be plus 20 years is, like, that makes sense at that point. You know, she's going to go through a war in those 20 years, like, going to go through, like, hell knows what. So I believe it then, but that's really my only issue. I also had an issue with the timeline, but then I, like, reminded myself what the Tesseract timeline really was, and then I was like, I no, 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 they didn't mess up. I thought that they, like took a little bit of liberty, but then it makes sense how it ended up in Marvel's hands in the first place. Um, Karima, what was your biggest critique for the movie? Um, do I really have a critique? You don't have to have one. But, right, <laughs> well, be like, because... Movie, 10 out of 10. Yeah, well, all right, I'm not giving it a 10 out of 10. But, <laughs> I, but I will just say that I enjoyed it and that I could see it again because I just... I need to go over it like one more time to be like, did I miss something? Let me try to make sure I understand this part and and this part and try to make a connection. But I think that it's set up nicely for the next movie. So I feel that. and and I I just thought that overall it was a it was a good job done. The foundation was laid nicely, and I I thought she did what she was supposed to do as that character. And I know I heard some folks rumbling like, ah, Brie Lawson, why her? I don't think she did anything really that well. But I thought her character, she played it well. She's not this flamboyant, has to be all rah-rah. I think she played it to a T in how the character was supposed to be. But that's me not reading the comics and... Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, even without the comics, if you enjoyed her in the role. Can, right. Can I yeah. ask like a question? All, about. all those people mm-hmm. who are saying that, how many Oscars do they have? Thank you, Jake. I know. I'm Thanks. just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, Jake is right. 
No, but she's a great. But like besides the Oscar, she's a great actress. She's amazing, oh, but like it's different than what we've had before. Oh, I agree. Building up phases. I like, just wanted Robert to Downey dunk Jr. on someone. And all the Chris's. No, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you did badly, but um, Three, six, <laughs> <brother>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, you like you Dennis Smith Jr. that or whatever. But um, <laughs> then we have because you know, like they started. They always started with like Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. who was coming back off of like rehab and like trying to like mm-hmm. you know reestablish yeah. himself. Or we got a bunch of people that we didn't really know about or know as well. And then mm-hmm. for characters that they have to build up really, really quickly. They'll yeah. pull in like a Benedict Cumberbatch or a Brie Larson, people mm-hmm. that are established. We know them. They really just need to come in and give it like a personality. They can't like build yeah. up to it. So I agree with Karima. I thought they did a really good job in the casting and that she was great in it. Um, Anthony, do you have any critiques to the movie? Um, I actually do. I mean, I, I did mention it a little bit earlier, but um, I did say that it did take a little bit of time for this movie to get going. I felt like it mm-hmm. was a little bit too slow for the first 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. But then once it, got, once it got going, it was pretty good. I think the other thing that my wife brought up, a uh, shout out to her, um, she said that if Captain Marvel had you know a memory issue and she couldn't figure things out, it felt weird that she was able to as soon as she got to earth know where like the nearest library was and go on the internet and do all these things and and uh search for stuff um especially if basically um her entire life to that point besides her yeah that's, no like but that's not amnesia actually works like that that's, that that's not a memory thing though. Also, that's amnesia just finding the nearest yeah. technology yeah yeah no but guys medically no, amnesia works like that like, though she's... that's what that's how amnesia works People who have oh, okay. forget their whole lives. They still remember how to speak. They a lot of times will still remember how to right. do stuff. Yeah, it's, that's not actually that surprising. Um, this okay. I mean, and even if we didn't believe that it was an amnesia thing, like, come on, yeah. she's a warrior that's like gone to war. I'm yeah. pretty sure that she could figure it out. Yeah. Well, in terms of speaking, but she, I mean, but she still, but she still were, was getting flashes of memories yeah. and stuff. So that's right. Yeah. It, it wasn't like she was completely like I don't even it's know not my like, name. It's not like she wiped her she memory wake up out except for fine dining and breathing. <laughs> she just forgot her memories. <laughs> and I think it's more to Nitz's point where it's not a matter of like whether she has her memory or not in that situation. Like right. she is built to survive in different places. So like Correct. when she is in a Correct. different spot. Like she's going to know how to find the right resources to help her situation. But I do she's think, I think smart as fuck. Look, I do think that was a good point, though, from your wife. Though. Yeah. 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 Just let yeah. her know that we crushed it. So, Jake, other than that, then, do you um, have any critiques? I would say that, you know, I think that this was the way, the way it was presented that I think that we were shown a lot of very clear clips from her memory throughout it, right? And mm-hmm. the thing that, that like, she, in comparison to what we were seeing, it felt like she was really slow on the uptake of understanding what was going on. And I, I was fine with it taking that long, but it felt like we saw way too clear pictures of her memories. And so it's like, we're seeing this really clearly, and it's implied that that's what she's seeing. So how is she not putting it together by now? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and once again, I would... But does she, but, does but she, has she accepted... Believe. Go. Oh, good. Uh, well, no, no, no. Jake, were you seeing it, seeing it clearly and putting it together because you know the story already? I mean, I was like, because the, 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 I was boom. moving along with her because I don't know the story. So I'm still like, well, well, okay. What I would say is that, you know what I'm saying? That, that, um, 
the thing that really jumped out to me is when they went to the bar and she had memories of being in that bar, the fact that it took like another 30 minutes for her mm-hmm. to accept that she was had been to Earth was kind of like, I don't know, it felt like there was a, <laughs> it felt like there was two different, it felt like we were being shown one thing and she was experiencing something else. Um, so yeah, that, mm-hmm. it, it just, she, it, you wouldn't be skeptical if you thought that you were one thing and one person. And but that but she also doesn't have somebody... any... She doesn't have any memory before the last six years, so it's not like she has a memory of growing up somewhere else. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I fully understand. Be skeptical. No, I think things. it would take. Sl- I think it would be slow. I just feel like we weren't. I didn't. That I didn't feel her being skeptical. I felt it like she was still confused when it was like, but she was also seeing herself in a bar. So like, I I don't know that kind of it. That didn't get me confused. Mm-hmm. It just made it feel a little slow on the uptake of it. Um, like it felt mm-hmm. like. Okay. I felt like she should have realized she had been on Earth like 15 minutes earlier. That that's such a small thing because I fucking love this movie, <laughs> but I thought I genuinely thought. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Jake is mad that she just wasn't smart enough. No, I'm just kidding. Right, 15 uh, minutes earlier, and also you know? she should have smiled <laughs> like more. That. Like let her just come to accept that she had. You said she should have smiled. I'm kidding. More? Is that I'm what you kid- said? Yes, I'm joking. Oh, no, no, that was, that so was I just wanted line. to make sure I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Jerome, did you have any critiques of the film? And it's totally fine if you want to give it a ten out of ten. I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, I wouldn't say it's a ten out of ten, but there's bridge, nothing bro. that I there's nothing really standing <laughs> out for me that I need to like criticize from there that has like I just don't have anything. Like I think um, there's something that. I was trying to figure out at the end of watching this where I wasn't sure if there actually might have been like a Marvel fatigue for me where I'm like, this is really good. And I don't really have anything like, like this is really good and it pushes the story forward and I love Brie Larson in it. Um, I was thinking about it like before coming onto this call and I'm like, is this what like a Warriors fan feels like when they win the championship again? Like it's like, this is great. <laughs> well, let me tell you. Um, like, no, 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 like, I actually, Jerome, I have a theory on what you just said because I felt the same. I left the movie theater and I didn't feel as like emotional as I usually do after more yes. films. But I think that was more so because like, and I mean, you guys can disagree, but Infinity War was so much and we had built up yeah, to that for yeah. so long that as soon as anything else comes after, nothing is going to compare to the emotion that we felt then mm-hmm. other than maybe Endgame. And then for yeah. a very long time right. after that, we won't feel that again until we know like what the end of mm-hmm. the next like phase eight is for all I care. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's going like, to, we one hit thing such I've a high. thought about in that same vein is just because everything like and that includes like when we watched ant-man and wasp but ant-man and wasp was like so kind of like out there to the side that yeah. it felt like you could disconnect it more mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i i was like was i making the mistake of watching this too much and framing it in how it means for what it means for Endgame that That's i couldn't enjoy it as a film on its own yep. and i feel like i need to watch it again to see that way because like yeah. again on the surface when i'm going through it to me i'm just like i really enjoyed this but mm-hmm. why don't i like feel like I'm going to like run through a wall after this yeah. one like well, I have like, with other things. Because just yeah. like uh, Neek said, like we had Infinity War and it was like our hearts were ripped out. Because right. we were like, what the freak everybody's going to You know, and then... Oh. No, you can keep going. Sorry, I, I was rude. Oh, okay. And then <laughs> but then when we get Captain Marvel, we're just like, okay, what, what? And we're using, I think, Captain Marvel as like this appetizer. Like, okay, we know they're just going to mm-hmm. set this out for us so we know what happens for Endgame. So I think that may be like how you probably went into this. Like, yo, I you just know, know this okay. is setting the table. This is setting the table. 
So the yeah, other no, side of that too is, um, I think it's the way everyone. It's how Warriors was, feel about the regular season. You were right. Fair. <laughs> so, like, I think, I, I think it's. Thank um, you. Yeah, I think there's also this side where, in everything leading up to this film, everything was built out that Captain Marvel was supposed to be the person to take the character to take them to the next like phase, the next generation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. And I think when I hear that, I feel like I need to have come out of this like with the impact that I felt when I saw Iron Man. But the thing is, I don't think you can ever really recapture that, no. which is, I think, how my um, Warriors analogy comes in. Because when the Warriors <laughs> win that first championship, like, whoa, this is awesome. And now yeah. when they win, like, this is what, the fourth one that's coming up now? It's going to be like, this is also awesome. But <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. What let's I, say what allegedly for now. Let's say allegedly. What I would argue, even, too. Yeah, let's say oh. allegedly. Even in the past, like, say, like, in that same analogy, like, just the one that they just won. Like, I thought that was great. But, again, it's, like, this thing where I think I need to reframe. Because, like, for one thing, like, we're so into it because of the podcast. So it's it, it definitely has yeah. shaped how I look at these films now because – there was a time where I would just watch these and really only start to think about them as they were coming up. But now that mm -hmm. we are doing this podcast and we talk about it and it's like a wonderful, wonderful thing, but I don't ever separate that I can like come in again and like really get impacted. Did I just be a fan thing? and maybe just be a fan? I mean, that's like how media can't necessarily like be a fan of the team that they cover. Mm -hmm. Right, because yeah. they saw like yeah. how the sausage gets made, and it kind of like disconnects <laughs> right. them. Right. <laughs> but what I also would say is that, and I mean this with by no insult, I think that the reason why I didn't have as much of an emotional like thing is because, unlike something like a Guardians of the Galaxy or uh, like or Thor Ragnarok, Captain Marvel was really, really, really good, but it didn't like change the genre in a very significant way. So mm -hmm. I feel like that, that that's why I didn't have as much of an emotional response. It's like it's like if you eat like a really, really good cheeseburger. But it's still like yep. a cheeseburger. It's like, this isn't, I'm not going to, I tell my friends if they're in the city, they should eat this cheeseburger, but it didn't change yep. the cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's why, that's, yeah. that's why I feel about it. Yeah. I think, and, the, and the piggyback off of that, I think um, just like what Black Panther was for me and what was for a lot of people mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. in terms of it, the, the uplifting part yeah. of it and the representation, even into the Spider-Verse is another way to, to, to look at it mm -hmm. as well. Um, I think with those typical things that, in uh, Captain Marvel, you just saw, you know, uh, it was like a straight, like Jake said, it was a for straightforward from from beginning to end, and it was a it was a clean film. It was well done. It was very good. But also, I think Jerome made another great point where, like, you are viewing it in the prism of Endgame is just like staring at you, mm -hmm. like from the mm -hmm. side, like you're watching Captain Marvel, but like it, out of the corner of your eye, you're looking at Endgame. It's like, <laughs> oh, Endgame's coming, Endgame's coming. So like that's why, like when I'm watching this movie, at you know, at certain points, I'm thinking like, I wonder what the after credits are going to be, and not in any way, not to <laughs> yeah. criti not you criticizing know, what the movie. When she was, was blasting like through wondering. ships and blasting through everything, like there was definitely a part of me that just like sat there and thought, oh yeah, that's probably going to hurt Thanos. Like that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Like, but that's kind of also yeah, you I know think what? yeah go boo boo there but I also think that she didn't have anything really emotional happen in mm -hmm. this film it was just regaining memory you know so there was nothing like I said like in uh, Infinity War I mean you know yeah. everybody felt that because they were like what's happening you know what I'm saying Black Panther so kill, what, what's his name Killamonger. Killamonger. is this your king him 
Thank you. <laughs> Look what happened to him. So they're tugging at us emotionally. This was just on some, get it, girl. Just get yeah. it. Let's go. Like, yeah. Like, we point, need there, you. What really works nicely you. is like, that was you the know. point, right? Yeah. The point yeah, wasn't exactly. that she ever needed to like have that to earn our, like she was right. just like, that was, and that's what like at the top there, um, what I really enjoyed about the film was like that, you didn't need to have a journey for her to suddenly have earn her place in here. Like she didn't need a love scene. We didn't need none of that. And now let me ask. This. Everyone needed to earn her. In, in is, a way. Could it be yeah. allegorical for hey, the experience? That's some fire energy. I don't need to earn y'all. You need to earn me. I'm taking that. <laughs> I'm running the hell with that. Sorry, Jake, go ahead. I was just going to say, could it be like <laughs> allegorical? Because when you're talking about like, she doesn't need to like go through a journey. She just needs to like, Proved it. She doesn't prove anything to herself. She's proved everyone else. Honestly, that feels like very true to what I've heard the experience of every woman I've ever met. Where it's like I'm already good enough. I just need like I don't need to do anything for myself. They everyone else just needs to realize I'm this good at this. And you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's that felt like a very yeah. true. It felt true to her character too. She's like fuck you guys. Like I'm great. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I just need the stage. I don't need to prove myself. I feel that. Um, so before we get into where this ranks and your final thoughts, Jake, you apparently have a question that's going to make everyone uncomfortable. Well, this is the thing, because I've done this uh, accidentally on like four straight pods, and I was wondering this. So there was a scene, of course, when uh, Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn are looking at the autopsy of the scroll, right? And Samuel Jackson opens up the uh, the blanket yeah. to look at his penis area. <laughs> and now, now I have to ask a question, because he looks impressed, right? And this is Samuel Jackson we're talking about. How mm-hmm. big does it have to be for him to be impressed? Because I'm thinking it's got to be at least like, bro. It's got to be. It's got to be like a good, a good length. And also, I'm saying ten or eleven. I'm saying ten, 10 or eleven. That's okay, fair. We're putting well, no, but it's, okay, he's dead though, so it's flaccid though. If he's dead, so it's you're not erect. So it's not yeah, ten. We're, we're assuming that it's a, and I'm in the office, so I really don't. That's want to true. Say this, yeah, don't, don't. Assuming, okay, so it's fine. Yeah, no, I'm not. In, I'm, no, I'm I'm in no, no, let me move on to a follow up though. Oh, follow up question. I'm follow saying, question. I'm saying ten or eleven for him to be impressed. I was Wait, but, okay. So the thing is, like, could you also interpret at the idea that, like, it wasn't like a matter of the size of it, but that fact that that an eggplant was there in the first place. That's like, a good question, though. Is, is That's it a good just point. That, like, oh wow, they like like we're yeah. we're not so different, you and I. Because a like, follow up <laughs> I have, a follow up I have is that you know that they have to they have to look at someone in order to become them, right? So right, but they can't see under their clothes. So how do they know <laughs> what size penis to make if they're a guy? Because they don't know how big it is. No, because they're copying so like could, DNA. I'm kidding. I'm like this is just. I'm just. Too. I'm just fooling, guys. I just want to make Anthony too. laugh and and be Yo. lost for words. So are you identifiable because they're actually really, walking Ken really doll? Is what topic. we're saying. Thank you, Jerome. I, you know why I love Jerome? Because whenever I do these, Jerome is the only one that engages with them. <laughs> no, I just said, are, are, are scrolls actually identifiable because they're actually walking Ken dolls? Like, that. Uh, <laughs> Apparently no, not. I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate this. You have to well, appreciate this, Nick, for inches. all these things you share in, like, chats. That's a good point. Okay Karima, I, I'm actually, I, that's, that's actually where I was going to go, by the way. <laughs> Good oh, man. Okay, so you know now that we've covered that incredibly crucial topic to Captain Eggplant Marvel. Emoji. Oh <laughs> Jesus! I want to get into Love final thoughts and where this ranks for you all. Um, so final final thoughts for me is that you know this felt significant. I I I always think that things like Wonder Woman and it's oh it's a female superhero. I think that shit is like generally lame. 
and mm-hmm. corny like 99% of the time but because they usually do have the trope of like she has a love interest and she's very emotional and she's this like caretaker person Captain Marvel was just like nah like fuck all y'all and like I'm not gonna you know not gonna like uh what is it called tiptoe around shit like even when Fury came and he's like what are you and she's like this is what I am I need your commu- communications devices mm-hmm. which by the way shout out Radio Shack she was like yeah. so like very to the point <laughs> Not like any type of stereotype of a female superhero than we've really seen before. Just like straight up badass, and I was but like, also, that did. I like, love not, that. Not to like a point of her, like being like not traditionally fe- like she was just exactly. like the person, which was cool. Exactly, yeah. she was like her own thing, which again, like you know, this sounds like the dumbest thing that we ever have to say, but it happens in sports all the time. Women get all grouped into one thing and it's like oh okay she's like that person or she's like that person whereas captain marvel was just captain marvel actually and like that was her thing and i loved I, that since you mentioned that i just it reminded me of something uh my girlfriend had uh mentioned like what she liked about brie larson and captain victoria. marvel specifically victoria yeah and she hey. liked that captain marvel sounded like brie larson like that's that her voice was a like more like a higher pitch voice like not like, her comparison was, like, she doesn't sound like Scarlett Johansson. Because it feels like sometimes, like, even when it comes to Gal Gadot, like, she has a... There, there's just something about it, like, that there's nothing in her voice that's supposed to also indicate, like, whatever traditional, like, lower tone that may seem that she is more of an authority type. Like, just yeah. nothing By the way, I just her. rewatched Wonder yeah. Woman on cable. Mm-hmm. I, I really hate Made to say time. this. It, it does not hold up. <laughs> I thought I saw it in theaters and no? I loved it. It's Gal Gadot is just she's just not good in it. Like I, oh, it's okay. just, she's just, it's just it's just not a good movie. It's, it's, I love this it's, take. It's, Any like, DC movie, like it's like, it's, it's, a good, it's definitely still the best DC movie. But it's like some of her lines where she's like, "We have to stop Aries." I'm like, "Do you the believe what DC you're saying?" Because I don't. Like, that's like a competition for like best looking pile of shit. Like yeah. I don't even know. What <laughs> Oh, you're right, but yeah. I am. <laughs> um, Jerome, yeah. by the way, you know what's uh, what that feels like is the, um, damn it, one of the Spider-Mans from Spider-Verse who was like right. the anime one. Sure. She had like a super high-pitched voice, but she was so badass and like eating snacks the entire time. Yep. I loved her. The best. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, that's yeah, like that. Yeah, you saw Spider-Verse. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I finally saw Spider-Verse. I cried my eyes out. Thanks, guys, for the warning. Yeah. But, no. um, yeah, yeah so, so basically, I felt like they did a really good job of that, and I would rank it... Um, I feel like if I saw it a couple more times, it could maybe break break that top five. It's definitely top ten for me, maybe top, top six, ten. top seven. But um, yeah, top five is a little ever. bit tough for now. Um, where Anthony, where do you rank it, and what are your final thoughts on the movie? All right. Well, final thoughts on Captain Marvel. Overall, I very I say a very solid, solid, good film. Not a great film. Very good film. Enjoyed the film, and I think. You know, in terms of, and I was talking about it earlier, but then I, I, I tend to forget because I'm a dude, the representation factor for women. <laughs> um, no, it's true. Like, you, you have to look at that aspect as well. And I and I know that there are a lot of women who went and saw that movie and, of course, really, really enjoyed it. And it's, it's cool to see that overall and see other people getting uh, um, uplifted. You want to see people uplifted when they're going to the movies and seeing something like that, especially for people who don't really know the story and who don't know what's going on. So they come into this kind of fresh and it really does come off to them as a as a really great story overall. But, you know, for me personally, if I had to rank it, I know we have the list, but I, like I just I slot Captain Marvel right under Iron Man for for right now on my list. OK, 
Okay. I vibe with that. Do you have Iron Man like towards the top or towards the bottom? It's, uh, it's in the middle. Actually. <laughs> okay, thanks. it's actually in the middle now. It's. Yeah. I would say it's like my third or fourth film, so I don't know. But um, okay, bet. And then Jerome, what's your final thoughts and rank? Um, I yeah, like I think all the stuff that we addressed earlier about how um I probably hurt my own experience by just kind of framing it in different lights and not just like looking at it for the movie it was, but. Like, looking back and actually having the weekend to think about it more, it's easily a top 10 for me. And I think it has the potential, like, moving up further if I um, revisit it again. But, no, it was good. Like, it was a really good movie. Like, the thing with Marvel right now is they make good to great movies. Like, for for me. Like, I I know that's not for everyone. But for me, like, they know Mm -hmm. what works. And they hit it. And Mm. um, I think to the point of... Uh, I think Nitz was who brought it up, like they hit casting all the time. And for me, like casting is always such a big deal. Like yes. with these characters and stories, like you may not agree with how they approach different stories um, and what they do with like particular characters, but what they seem to nail really well each time is when you see the actor play that role, you're like, no, that actor was perfect for that role. And that's how I felt about Brie Larson in this. And I really enjoyed it. And even to all the points that, uh, when you thought about like, I know that it, it's just it sucks. I don't even really want to address like the a lot of the criticism I've read because for the most part it was like a lot of troll jobs, but um, to the point of just how uh, Brie apparently to some people seemed like without emotion, which I don't get at all. Like she she goes on a bus like early in the movie and like smirks at people. Like she always has been like a smug, cocky person throughout the whole thing. There's nothing about her that seemed at all like stoic. Um, but it's because way. she was less emotional than they expect a woman to be like, honestly. And I Do you think a lot of it is, yeah, yeah, yeah completely. Yep. Because yep. even when, yeah. if I don't bring like a certain type of energy, people will still be like, Oh, like, why are you so dead today? And it's like, what do you mean? That's like, a really good. I'm point. giving like the same, same also, energy you're giving. Like I'm going to just kind of copy mm-hmm. yours. And if a, th- a thing that, and I, cause I actually did want to address the, like, people, like, giving it a bad score before it came out, before seeing yada, yada, yada. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a thing that we all try to pretend like we don't see that, like, that, like, unfortunately, I wish it wasn't, but people who are, like, on the internet, on, like, like the, the same type of people who are, like, the alt-right, quote-unquote, want basically every single piece of culture to be a political issue. So it's like, if there's something that has a woman, if something has black people in it, that they want that to be like, they want to be against that because they want to like signal like this is not for us. And they, they want uh, they want people who think that women should be in movies, should star in movies, and black people should star in movies. They want them to have to argue for that because they want it to be like a wedge issue in our culture. And I think that that's really fucked up. That well, they want to try to make mean, it... Okay. So- but do they matter? Do they no, like truly, no, truly honestly? No. Like, did they I would say impact? that I would say they... no, but I would say that the same exact strategies they use are things that you can re- that have been replicated in politics across the country. That's what I. That's why. That's mm-hmm. why I care Jake's about right thinking about, that. about it. That I like feel that. that the idea is because mm-hmm. what the, the, there's a great article that Deadspin wrote like two years ago. It was called "Everything Is Gamergate." The idea is that. Politics and oh, everything yeah. else has the that the I'm just gonna be honest. The right has the approach of this is gonna be Gamergate. Everyone who that we have our stuff and we're gonna attack everything else that's the other and make people just choose a side of what they're on. And so like to make to have to make every superhero movie a cultural polarization. That that's the whole strategy. The strategy is not to make people believe them. It's so people will be like Captain Marvel controversy, and that I think is super fucked mm-hmm. up. 
But did that exist in the real world is my question. I saw the trolls. We see it every day. We see people say kitchen to me all the time, whatever. Do you do we see any of that actually translate into real uh, world? I, it did with Black I Panther. Pass. I didn't play. I didn't pay as much attention with Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, no, no, not beyond like the think pieces and people, you know, like all the MAGA idiots saying what they want to say. I'm talking like was box office affected? No, it, is, it like, was not. Oh, no is way. another movie with a woman starring in it affected in the yeah, future? I, like well, as long as those kind of like progress isn't touched. Oh, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is that the MAGA idiots the also only... are the people running the country. So it's like they might not like. Yes, 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 yes. So that my point is that they don't actually want to start the box office numbers. They just want to make people choose a side on the issue. And that's fucked up. Right. Right. Yeah. Were yeah you I'd, gonna say, like I'd say the only way that like it has existed maybe or is existing in the real world is like in no extreme way of, you know, this kind of like back and forth of like picking a side on the issue. But it's maybe just in the unconscious like way that some of us might react to like how Brie Larson plays the role like in the kind Mm. of ways that we may apply like what we have always understood as our like traditional way of looking at that gender and how they should be acting like what like and I think that's not even for people who feel like strong in a certain way but Mm. someone who like I feel like on my part too like I there might be ways that I have looked at this Mm -hmm. where I would have to step back and think about like am I framing this because I know that this is a female character as opposed to, like, am I just framing this for the character itself? That's the whole point, right? Is like, the, you can't control what you grew up around and, mm-hmm. like, what you've been taught by the things that you were have been exposed to, like, subconsciously. Mm-hmm. But then if you know that there could be an unconscious bias and you go into a movie and be like, oh, you know what, I didn't think Brie was emotive enough, taking the, the only thing that you could really do against that type of bias is, like, take a step back and say what you said. Mm-hmm. Am I framing it this way because of what I expect from a certain gender. And, you know, that, forget Captain Marvel for a second, that's just, like, important in general to be able to take mm-hmm. a step back and, like, I did that with, you know what, like, I'll do that. There was a Pelicans broadcast, which, first of all, they were just bad. But there was a Pelicans <laughs> broadcast with these two women, and they were so annoying. And I had to take a step back, and, like, honestly, what I did, and I was like, if there was a man saying these things, honestly, I was like, if there was a man saying these things, would I be as annoyed? And I determined that I would be. So I was like, okay, bet. Like, they were just saying annoying things. (laughs) But, um, you know, like, you have to take that step back and, like, think about it for a second. But, um, okay, so, Jake, because I want to finish with Karima because her voice is so smooth. Jake, uh, what is your final thoughts on this, and Uh, where do you rank it? I rank it six, I think, is what I would say. Um, I'm pretty high in it just because I really like Brie Larson, and I like uh, generally, you know, the vibe of it. And I think that they just, Marvel's gotten so good at making movies. And I think like, once again, I say it, I've said at the end of like the last like four movies we've done, they just get indie directors who have very strong voices and they're like, you don't have to know how to direct big space fights. We'll help you out with that. We want you to direct the character moments and build these characters because that's really what's important. Cause like they have the apparatus to Mm -hmm. make space fights. You when know, they yeah. figured out that part about getting people who can nail like those kind of unique personal stories as opposed to something that falls perfectly within the formula of it, like those movies just got way better. Yeah. Like all of them. Yeah. Preach. Um, Karima, we're going to finish with you. What are your final thoughts and where does it rank? Okay. Well, I, like I said, I enjoyed this film. I thought it was solid. And to piggyback on what y'all said, uh, Captain Marvel, she's a soldier. So she wasn't going to be all doughy and and all of that. I think that that may be what people are missing, that she's been in combat. Like, why did you think I was just going to up and cry? Not that soldiers 
uh, can't cry or anything like that. But like I said, she played the role how I think that the character was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Very solid, very confident, and intelligent, and just straight no chaser. This is what it is. This <laughs> is what I need to do. Get yeah. out the way or mm-hmm. come with. So Which that's is very Thanos like, by the way. Yeah. Right? You guys agree with <laughs> Look, that. Look, right, because he, he wasn't trying to have. Listen, he was like, either you coming or I'm taking you down. So yeah. what's it going to be? <laughs> so ride or die, okay? So, but. That, so that's why I think that this film was solid and I want to see it again. And I thought mm. that all the, sorry, my husband's got his phone going in the kitchen. But anyway, <laughs> um, he, look, and he ain't going to meet it for me. So um, <laughs> it's just going to be whatever. But also I like the scene as well with her uh, pilot, uh, her best friend who's also a pilot, and her and Fury, and she's, you know, man in the ship. She's going through when they started coming after her and shooting at her, and she had to get them to safety. Remember, she's flying all through the rocks and mm-hmm. the yep. whatever, whatever. Yeah. That that whole, I like that dynamic there as well, because it, it was just showing that, no, I know how to do all of this. So well, she's buckle the fighter up. pilot between those exactly. two. So like it's the right. logical so, choice. Yeah. Right. But that it was very pronounced and mm-hmm. she had this big scene. It wasn't just like, okay, real quick, we'll touch on this. But yeah, they showed sure. her in her element. And so I appreciated that. So uh where I would rank this, I don't know that it's definitely I would say top ten. And on the side, I did not like Wonder Woman. I did not understand Thank the you. hoopla about Thank it. You. I and maybe I allowed people to tell me it was so good and I waited too long to see it, but I saw it at home and I was like, This is this is what y'all had me saying. Oh, it was so good. This right <laughs> here into your gut reaction. Was, it's honestly, Karima, it, because people, I, all these like DC movie fans just really wanted a good one and they got something that wasn't like complete shit. And they were right. like, oh, my God, best thing. To- no, man, fuck out of here. I mean, <laughs> I, I give the, um, the uh, w- uh, gosh, the visual effects was really nice. But, yes, yeah, she wasn't a strong actress. And it just so happened after I saw that uh, little side note, she was actually filming an SNL skit uh, right outside my office. So, and I was like, oh, wow, she really is super tall. Um but she can't act. She can't act. She just couldn't act in Wonder Woman. She may do well in other roles, but no, just not that. She's I, not I, good it, in the Fast and Furious movies either. No, even though I've I love seen, those. Like, I've adult movie and been like, right. okay, so, so yeah, she's, she's just that. exceedingly okay. beautiful. So she's just pretty. Okay, right, is, right. Is all. Wonder Woman? <laughs> is Wonder Woman the LeBron James surpassing Michael Jordan <laughs> in the 2019 Lakers season that is the DC Extended Universe? Bro, well you done. good? Okay. Well, on that. So it's in my top ten. I I I will say that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's definitely above some some of those Iron Man threes, whatever. But you know, trying to grace yourself with. uh, But uh, it's funny because now we're talking top ten. We have twenty-one movies. So right, top ten is like you know that's that's a hard thing to break. Mm -hmm. That's you know what that's like. You're right. Someone should just be happy to break the top five all-time leading score bullshit, um, you know. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, you don't have to be top one. So anyways, 
we're going to end this now because I feel like we've been going for an hour and a half and no offense, but I got emails to write. Um, so I want everyone to just tell them where you could find, you know, tell them where they could find you guys. So Jake, where can they find you? Oh, uh, you can follow me at the Jake Christie on Twitter to listen to my other podcast, Sword of History. And then I've been doing another podcast with a friend, uh, that no one really listens to, but I like it a lot. It's about vines. It's, it's called fun. Six Second it's Cinema. a fun podcast. It's actually like, I, it's, it's, I have a ton, yeah. a ton of fun doing it. So if you like fun, yeah. listen to that. And, uh, yeah. It's fun Thanks revisiting for the vines. Yeah. Awesome. Anthony, where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at AC Spotlight95, obviously the AC Spotlight podcast. Been having a lot of fun conversations with people as of late, including one Kareem Shah, who was my last it's guest. so good. Uh, last. Yeah, it's a very, very good episode. And um, I, I do have one Justin Rowan stopping by this week. Um, we're going to get him. Like this. So it should be very interesting. So subscribe to that. And of course, subscribe to Marvel Cinematic University. We're all doing big things over here. Um, Justin, if you're listening to this, you trash. Um, Jerome, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Black Dragon Roll on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Dope. And Karima, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on the Twitter at Butta D Light. B U T T A D L Y T E. Don't you oh just love the Karima's voice? Is perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, you can find me. My name's Nitz. You can find me on Twitter at. I think I'm Nitzbluv. Yeah, I'm Nitzbluv. N-I-T-Z-B-L-U-V. You can also kind of follow some of the shit that we do with Count the Dings, the Friday Mailbag. Subscribe to the new feed. And um, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As Send always, it's a hoodie. And remember, Endgame is... Send it's a hoodie. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> you the, Tremendous. Did you guys see the MCM hoodie I got? Yeah. That was great. Yeah, that was often me tweeting like, "Ugh, send me hoodies," and someone was like, "Okay, I like, what's the address?" So, like, I mean, like, just general information: what size hoodies should people be sending you? Like, what should they be shopping? I need, I need to know what hoodie you're sending first because I like it to be super oversized. Okay. Some hoodies are fire enough where I want to wear them to work, so I'm like, you size down on those, you size up on the others. It totally depends. So it's a process. You need to, you need to screen the hoodie first, and then she'll let you know. There's a strategy to these hoodies, man. You can't just like go out and buy a hoodie come on we're not monsters. Can't just blindly <laughs> admire a person you need to go through steps exactly man there's a 10-step process um, again thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you again for endgame deuce thank you hey great you. job bye, bye.